Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hi everyone, just a quick favour to ask before we get going. Our podcast has gone from strength to strength lately, but we'd like to find out how we can improve. We've put together a short survey and we would love to get your feedback. Anyone who takes the time to give their feedback will be entered into competitions where they can win prizes such as smartphones, cameras and drones. So please visit irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback. That's irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback fill out the survey and to be in with a chance of winning one of those great prizes. Thanks for your time and now back to the podcast. Hi, it's Rachel and today I'm talking to Nina Karnikovsky about her job and travelling and how COVID has affected things. So first of all, um, over the last 12 months and with the pandemic, um, how have you had to adapt? Obviously, we were just talking about how things are different in Australia, but... I can't imagine you've really been able to, have you been able to travel anywhere in the Southern Hemisphere? Well, look, I've had to completely change my career, really, mm-hmm. because um, obviously, yeah, everything has been closed down and Australia has very much been, you know, tucked away, we've closed our borders. So um, it's very much been travel within Australia, which has probably mm-hmm. been the biggest difference because my over the last 10 years, I've been a travel writer and my real speciality was the far-flung corners of the globe and going to the more remote places like, you know, Mongolia or Antarctica, the Arctic, those sorts of places that were off the beaten track and Ethiopia and Namibia and these sorts of places. And then, of course, um, now it has completely changed and there's been something very lovely about that because I've learned to fall in love with the places closest to me and really see my own country with that kind of wide-eyed curiosity of a traveler which is not something that I had ever done before to be honest I had always had my eye on the much further further flung places so um, that's been really lovely and I think necessary because You know, I mean, I had really started thinking about that and about my carbon emissions in terms of traveling some months before the pandemic hit because I took this assignment to the Arctic in sort of uh, mid to late 2019. And while I was there, I was hearing about the plight of the polar bears and about how you know, they, they have this horrific situation because of the melting of the sea ice and the shortening of their feeding seasons. And so they're breeding less and they have less to eat. And so the populations of the polar bears are dwindling. And when I went there and I saw the polar bears, I thought, you know, these bears have nothing to protect themselves with. Only we can do something to protect them. And so I came back home and to my editors and I said, I need to take a break. I need to really think about my emissions here. I need to think about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And during that time, I wrote uh, a book, which is my second book called Go Lightly, How to Travel Without Hurting the Planet. And essentially the point of writing that book was to teach myself as much as anyone else um, how to do that and to really look at the biggest things we can do 
for the environment while we continue to do this thing that we love called travel, because of course it is in many ways so essential to us as human beings. And it's, you know, 10% of the global economy comes from travel and it's, it, it opens our minds and it's so important for, you know, global understanding and all of that, but it needs to be done in a very different way than the way we have been doing it. We can't continue hurtling around the globe with these sort of cheap flights and all these sorts of things. And I'm excited to see in Europe that they're actually um, stopping those flights and um, the less two and a half hour flights, which I think is really quite incredible. So yeah, it's been a complete about turn. Did you start your career as a travel writer or was it something that you gradually got into? And how did you get into it, if that's the case? Yeah, well, I started out as a lifestyle journalist, as a junior writer for a group of magazines and writing, you know, features and stories about fashion and food and all those sorts of things. And then after I'd done that for about five years, a position came up on the travel team and I sort of did whatever I could do to get that job. And um, I did that in-house for a couple of years and during that time lived in India for a year and was the correspondent over there, I suppose, for that time. And then um, when I came back, there was a big restructure and the company that I was working for decided, hang on, this is crazy. Why are we paying for staff travel writers when we could just use freelancers? So um, my position was no longer in existence. So I went off and became a freelance travel writer and have been doing it pretty much since then. Briefly touched on it talking about the flights in Europe, but how do you think travel's going to be changed from now on? Obviously, over here in the UK, um, people are just about being allowed to go on holiday again. Yeah, well, look, I think that it's going to be harder to do it, for sure, for, for various different reasons. But so I think we're going to be doing less of it. And when we will be doing it, we will be doing it more slowly. I mean, you know, for for the various health reasons, of course, and issues with vaccinations, but also because, you know, a lot of us have been hit hard financially. A lot of us are questioning our impact on the environment. So, yeah, I think we're going to think a lot harder about when we travel and why. And if we take a trip, we're going to take it more slowly. I mean, I think that's a brilliant thing because, you know, slow travel leaves us more satisfied as travellers because we're obviously sinking deeper into destinations and we don't feel the need to take as many trips if we're taking one good long one. Um, And that means obviously less flights, less carbon emissions and also a deeper relationship to the people and the places we visit, which is, I think, you know, just so important, both in terms of cross-cultural understanding, but also because that means that as a traveller, you can make a much bigger economic impact on the community that you visit, which is so essential. And really, when I talk about this idea of kind of going lightly, that's really all about reciprocity and figuring out the best ways to give back to the places we visit. And really the very best way that we can do that as privileged people who can travel. And when you keep in mind that only 6% of the world's population have ever set foot on a plane, which just blows my mind, you know, we really need to be thinking hard about where our travel dollars go and and making them go as far as possible in the destination. Do you have any destinations in mind? Are you motivated by kind of, you touched on it with the polar bears and talking about the effects of travel on 
on the ice, I suppose, in polar bears. Do you go to places with an ethical, you know, you want to learn about the ethics and what happens in different places, say Africa, do you go thinking, yeah, I'd like to have a look at, you know, poverty? Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to. And um, for example, one of the last trips I did before that Arctic trip was to Namibia. And the whole trip was really focused on conservation and, you know, having a light footprint. So we stayed in lodges that were very small and run by the local communities. So the power had been put back into the community's hands and they were run in conjunction often with wildlife conservation Mm -hmm. initiatives. So to say, you know, bolster the populations of giraffes or things like that. And then again, always making sure that you're staying in places that are owned by the local community so that the money goes directly into their pockets instead of multinational corporations. Um, And that was a road trip. So often when you travel to places like Africa, you're sort of jumping in small planes to jet all around the country because the countries are so large Mm -hmm. so doing a road trip doing a lot more slowly stopping in more remote places so that our travel dollars could go to those places that was really the focus there and I always was trying to do that as much as possible when I traveled but it's going to be an even bigger focus uh, moving forward yeah definitely why do you get your information and where, what inspires you to do what you're doing? Oh, gosh. I feel like as modern humans, we have a lot of information coming at us and it is yeah, it's sometimes difficult to make sure that you're getting all points of view. So I've been trying to really focus on that a lot more this past year. Um, I have been trying to listen to more intersectional voice, voices that are decolonizing storytelling, especially in travel, because, you know, the colonial discourse has definitely been perpetuated through travel writing for a very long time. So um, there's a podcast I've been listening to called The Art of Citizenry by Manpreet Kalra. And that is really interesting when it comes to that idea of of decolonizing storytelling. Um, And also the work of a woman named Bani Amor, who's an Ecuadorian travel writer who is also trying to decolonize travel writing and culture. There's also a documentary that I saw recently called Tawai um, by a British explorer named Bruce Parry. And it is just my top recommendation at the moment because it's just a really clever look at how we can live more harmoniously with nature. Bruce goes to visit a nomadic hunter-gatherer tribe in Borneo and it really teaches you about the impact that civilization has had upon the earth and the things that we might start to do differently if we're putting the planet first. And also I have been reading Robin Wall Kimmerer's Braiding Sweetgrass, which is another book that I'm quite evangelical about at the moment. Um, It's, you know, it's sort of like this very poetic, beautiful book. Um, She is a botanist and um, from a scientific viewpoint, but it's very poetic and it's really for anyone who wants to move towards a more reciprocal nature um, relationship with the natural world and to really understand the interconnectedness of all things, which 
I think when you can start to change your outlook on life and sort of understand that all life has a has worth, I think that that's really going to change things on this planet. Yes, definitely. Do you have any tips for people that might want to start doing some travel writing, um, either for their career or as a hobby? Well, to start doing travel writing, I would say because we are where we are right now in the travel world, I would say to start writing about the places closest to you. Yeah. And really use your local knowledge and your deep relationship with place. I think this whole idea of, you know, the travel writer being parachuted into a destination for a week and then going home to write about it with great authority. I do wonder if that isn't going to die off now because obviously it's going to be more difficult to, to travel that way. But I also think we're realizing we want to hear more local voices and we want to hear about places from people who have more authority to talk about that place, especially, you know, indigenous voices Mm. Um, so yeah, I would say that. And I would also say that, you know, the power is in our hands now, if you want to start writing, there are so many ways to get your writing out there, whether that be, you know, your own blog or on a blog hosted by another, you know, media outlet or, um, Instagram or millions of different places. Now start your own podcast, all those sorts of things to get your voice out there, get your viewpoint out there. And um, that's, that really excites me. How can people find out more about you and more about your work? Um, they can head to my website, ninakarnikovsky.com, um, or they could go to my Instagram, which is at Travels with Nina, or they can buy my books, which would be fabulous. I've got two. There's one called Make a Living Living, uh, Be Successful Doing What You Love, which is all about... Um, how you can have a career that is less defined by society's expectations and more by your creative passions. Um, and then go lightly, how to travel without hurting the planet, which is the one that I um, talked about more, which is just full of hundreds of things that you can do in order to travel in a way that's um, less impactful for the planet. So, you know, from everything from traveling less and traveling closer to home and making sure your money goes into local communities to, traveling with reusables to, you know, packing lightly to making sure you're not um, contributing to wildlife cruelty. So, so many things in there and interviews with some very incredible eco travelers, such as uh, Celine Cousteau and Jimmy Nelson. And um, also guides to things like camping trips and hiking trips, because I think that's that's really the exciting options that we have now is to get back out into nature and really fall in love with the places closest to us now. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.